see all you guys out there. Now I can see my paper. All right. Thank you so much for everybody that does donate to Change Wars. I mean, all you guys are so generous. We only have one more week. Collect this week. Collect, because we have to see who the final winner is. Um, yeah, we only have one more week. Wear the orange clothes next week. Come prepared, and uh, we'll see soon who is the victor. All right, so tonight, I'm going to teach you an interesting message. You're probably going to be like, what? All right, so you can have the graphic put up so you can understand what I'm actually talking about. It's called about tooting. <laughs> now, I know you're going to be like, tooting? What is tooting about? Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting little thing. So uh, have you ever guys have ever heard someone use the phrase, I don't want to toot my own horn? Okay, all right, so... Um, one thing I learned over the years is that when a person says, I don't mean to toot my own horn, usually is that they do want to toot their own horn. Most of the time, it's usually kind of a fake humility type thing. Usually, they want to toot their own horn. There's a lot of people who you come into contact with on a daily basis who tells us really how great they are, a lot of times with false humility. And uh, this toot your own horn, do you ever wonder where it come from? You, know, you ever wonder where these phrases actually originated? It actually really couldn't find it. I looked everywhere. No one seems to know. Just obviously someone decided to start using it. But it says uh, to toot your own horn obviously means to brag about one's own talents or call attention to your own accomplishments. And uh, if you've met those people, I'm sure, those people who always seem to point everything back to them. That's what I do. Um, I hope that tonight, if you are one of those people, that you tend to bring things back about you all the time and what you do and who you are that you might recognize that you may need to tweak a bit and change. There's a couple different ways you can say it. Toot your own horn, pat yourself on the back, sing your own praises. Basically, it's all about everything pointing back to yourself. And uh, it's all about me, right? That's what people do. So a lot of times people talk about their favorite topic, and a lot of times their favorite topic is themselves. We see it a lot. Um, you speak to those people that are like, I did this, I went there, I said this, oh, I, my opinion is this, um, I bought that, everything's I, 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 I. Everything's always about themselves. And uh, I really think it's an interesting thing because if you look at the word pride, you can see that right smack dab in the middle of the word pride is what? I. I. So it makes sense. You know, and uh, people talk about themselves a lot a lot of times have a problem with pride. You just recognize that there's something a little odd, or something a little off. You feel like something's different. And uh, pride is actually defined as an inordinate amount of self-esteem. Um, a lot of times in the Bible, or you'll hear people talk about that the person's stiff neck, puffed up, stuck up. We use that word too. And uh, we would think that a person, a lot of times, who is a prideful person would be really loudmouth, obnoxious, over-the-top, but I want you to understand that a lot of prideful people can really be very quiet, mild-mannered, and cool, calm, and collected. But they still have pride issues. So sometimes you have to pay a little closer attention to notice pride in a person because some people really are better at hiding it than other people. Some people really are obnoxiously prideful. And then there are other people you really have to get to know them, talk to them for a while, and then you start to realize, hmm, they might be quiet, they might be shy, but they're still very, very prideful. Um, I want you to understand that pride is something that God absolutely despises. He absolutely hates it, hates it in people, can't stand it at all. Um, 
you think more about yourself all the time if it's always about yourself and how you're feeling and how we're doing everything and everyone, you know, it's, it, you don't care about other people, it will eventually trip us up. You know, the Bible tells us, uh, Proverbs 16, 18 in the message translation says, first pride, then the crash, the bigger the ego, the harder the fall. Eventually someone will trip up if they get prideful. And it's really not a matter of if, but when it's going to happen. Um, God will eventually get around to showing a person that's prideful that he's ultimately in charge. A lot of times we think we control our destiny. We think that we have um, all the decision-making skills. We can get up every day. What are we going to do? Ultimately, God's still in control. He's in charge. We really, to some degree, don't control everything. We have to understand God is in control. He states in Proverbs 6, uh, 16 through 19 that there are six things the Lord hates. And I, I always think this is an interesting scripture part where it says there's six weeds, things that the Lord hates. Wait, no, there's seven. <laughs> I never understand that. Um, actually, seven he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that defies wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Proverbs 8:13 says, All who fear the Lord will hate evil. And that is why he says, I hate pride, arrogance, corruption, and perverted speech. God despises pride, hates it. He describes pride in terms of evil. So we really have to get a hold on something that we really get tripped up on a daily basis. You know, a lot of people are good at something. And it's great to be good at something, but if it starts to be something that it's your label, it's who you are, and that becomes all what you are, God will tend to show that and shine that on you that you're becoming kind of prideful about some things. You can be good at something and not be prideful, but a lot of times people can fall victim into that really easily. Um, I think the reason why God really despises pride so much is that it is at the root of all other sins. Most sins you can take back immediately right to pride. You know, if someone's a thief, you know, it's because, you know, they think that, you know, they deserve more. It's about me. You know, well, I can steal this because it's me. I deserve it. I don't have the money. I can pay for You know, I don't, I don't have the money to pay for it. Um, you know, people that hurt somebody, you know, it's all because it's like, well, they did this to me. You realize that a lot of times those words that you're going to hear is me, I, myself. You know, everything's going to constantly be about them. It's not going to be about you. It's not going to be about what you're feeling, but it's going to always be about them. Um, it was a root cause of Satan's sin. Right at the very, very beginning, it says in Isaiah 14, 13 and 14, it says when he speaks um, of Satan, he says, you said to yourself, I'll climb to heaven. I'll set my throne above the stars of God. I'll run the assembly of angels that meets on sacred Mount Zaphon. I'll climb to the top of the clouds. I'll take over as king of the universe. So you can see right there what was Satan saying all the time. Everything was again, I, I, I. I'll do it. I'll climb to the top. I'll take over. So you can see everything's all about himself again. Um, Satan's plan was basically always to be just like God. That was what he wanted to do. He always wanted to take the place of God. And that's why eventually God says, you're out, throws him down, <laughs> throws them out of heaven. Um, same thing happens with Adam and Eve at the very beginning. Right off the bat, Adam and Eve are deceived by the serpent. And what is said is, is it true that you can't eat from any of these trees? And of course, Eve says, no, I can eat from uh, any of these trees. I just can't eat from this tree. This is the one I can't eat, you know. And uh, he says, oh, the reason why he doesn't want you to eat that is because if you do eat that, you're going to be just as wise as God himself. So again, it's pride. It's like, don't you want to have the same knowledge that God has? And so, of course, Eve fell for this. 
And we all paid ever since then. That's why women have pain in childbirth. God's word says the reason why women have pain is because of Eve's sin. The reason why guys and men, men will have to scratch out a living the rest of their lives is because of what Adam did. So um, we have to pay for things. Um, God hates pride so much because he knows it has the capacity of destroying our lives so easily. And a lot of times we're not even aware of it. We don't even pay attention. We don't know what's happening. Um, it causes people to do things that they never, ever thought that they would do. When you become prideful, you're going to do things you never thought you would ever try to do. You're going to go a place that you never thought you would ever go to. And you are going to hurt people that you never in your wildest dreams would have ever thought you would hurt because it becomes all about yourself. It becomes about pride. Pride is extremely sneaky, though, where a lot of times we don't recognize it's coming upon us at all. We don't recognize it at first when it starts to take hold. You know, it's almost like that thing when we taught not too long back, we talked about the symbiote, you know, where all of a sudden in Spider-Man, all of a sudden it lands on him and it's trying to get him off. You know, we don't realize that this stuff is dripping on us and attaching to us. We don't recognize that pride is there a lot of times at the very beginning. But as our lives start to fall apart and as we start to realize that all we do is be about ourselves, we realize that we do have an issue with pride. Um, a lot of times what happens in our lives, especially as a spiritual person, if you are following after God, a lot of times it's when we think that we've arrived in our faith that we're in the most trouble of all. And that's when it's really dangerous. Luke 18, 9 through 13 says, Jesus told this to some who were complacently pleased with themselves over their moral performance and looked down their noses at the common people. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax man. The Pharisee posed and praised like this, Oh God, I thank you that I am not like the other people, robbers, crooks, adulterers, or heaven forbid, this tax man. I fast twice a week and I tithe on all my income. Pride was blinding this man. Pride was blinding this Pharisee, thinking he had arrived, that he was doing all these things and it was making him acceptable to God when God was abundantly aware of the fact that here is a man who's completely obsessed with pride. Pride blinded him to not even see things as they really truly were. But the tax man was actually praying like this, and this is where the difference is. He was slumped in the shadows, his face in his hands, not daring to look up, and was saying, God, give mercy, forgive me, I'm nothing but a sinner. It's humble. It was a humble pose that he had. The Pharisee was prideful, saying that he had arrived, and he thought he was better. God desires us to be humble in our faith and humble as people because that's what Jesus was. And ultimately, I've told you so many times, we are supposed to resemble Christ more and more every single day. That's what we're supposed to do. Pride is the way of Satan. If you're going to go the way of pride, all you're going to do is ultimately end up looking exactly like the enemy, Satan. You're not going to look like our God in heaven, Jesus. Like I said, though, it's really sneaky. It happens sneaky. And you may not even realize before in your life that you're starting to get to be prideful. But I have a couple things I want you to think about. And we're going to kind of go through them fast again because change worse, we're abbreviating everything as you've seen. Um, what you might start to notice in your life that starts to happen, that starts to creep in, is you will, if you're a believer, if you're a follower, I, I always tell you is it's not that you believe. It is great that you believe. But you have to be a follower. It means you have to actually believe in your heart and be living a life of uh, Christianity. If you have a poor prayer life as a follower of God, you're probably getting prideful. Uh, when we don't rely on God on a daily basis throughout our life, we're basically saying we don't need you, God, to help us throughout our day. 
We can do it on our own. We don't need you to direct our path. We don't need your help. We don't need your financial provision. We don't need anything. I can do it on my own. So if you're not relying on God in prayer, if you're not calling out his name constantly for help, then more than likely pride is already starting to sneak up on you. You have to always think about what's God's will in your life if you're a believer, a follower. The other thing you need to ask yourself is if you start to become exhausted. Now that sounds kind of odd. You might think, what? I'm exhausted in my faith. How does that make me prideful? Well, you have to understand, if you're trying to accomplish more than God actually intended you to be and doing, a lot of times we can become very weary doing good and we start to get that little old prideful button. Look at me. I'm weary. I'm exhausted. But look at me. I'm working hard. I don't see you guys working. I don't see you working. I'm exhausted. But you're all sitting here doing nothing. You know, that's what happens with us. So when we start to get weary doing good, we start to get that attitude. You know what? We might want to stop and think, am I doing things because I'm just supposed to do them or I do them because I really love Jesus? It's always motive. What's in our heart? Why do we do the things we do? Like I say, empty faith just to go every time means nothing to God. He wants it to be a hard thing. He wants us to really love him and be following him with passion. Uh, the other thing is when we become more and more angry, another interesting thing. A lot of times we don't let our time become God's time, and we try to take control, and we're more dissatisfied with our lives because, you know, we're just, we're giving all this time up of ourselves, and, and you know, we just become angry because we're not letting God take control again. We're just getting angry in ourselves. If you're a person who's really filled with angry, anger a lot of times on a daily basis when you're following after God, you may want to think, is this a source of pride? Do I have pride issues? Is it because I'm working hard again and I'm just getting angry because other people aren't? How about when we become critical of everyone else around us? When we start to make others feel bad to feel better about ourselves? Man, that's a source of pride right there. If you're already starting to look at other people and you're thinking, you know, well, I'm better than them, that's no better than what the Pharisee did. We see that the Pharisee thought he was better than the tax collector. If you ever have an idea in your mind that you are better than another person, I want you to understand, you're prideful. You're prideful. If you think you have something more important to say, if you think you can do something better than someone else, if you think, man, I'm prettier, I'm better, I'm whatever, you're prideful. Stop and think, but that's not what God wants at all. How about when we get defensive, when we're corrected or criticized? Man, I could write books on this. If you can't laugh at your own mistakes that you make, you're taking yourself a bit too serious. You have an issue of pride. The one thing God's word says over and over and over and over again makes a point of is if you cannot be corrected, you'll never be any good for God. You have to be able to accept correction. If you cannot accept correction from a leader, you're prideful. If you can't take something, when someone corrects you and you can't laugh it off, I'm going to tell you, you're not going to make it far in your faith. It's not going to work because you're prideful and you can't be told anything. There's a time in your life when you know, people will start to follow after God and they start to do so many things and they start to get these buttons that they're wearing, super Christian. You know, I stay up all night, I work for God, I do this, I do that. And after a while, it's like, you know what? You become so spiritual that you can do no earthly good. You're not going to touch and reach anybody because you've become super Christian. You know, what's the point? But you have to be able to take correction. You'll never move forward. You'll never go farther. 
The thing is, what happens with people a lot of times is they never go farther and they wonder why. It's because they've never, ever handled the fact that they can be corrected, absorb that, move on. I can tell you doing ministry and being on staff for six years, I can tell you this and being a Christian for 15 years, there are a lot of times, you know what, when you are right and you can't say, I'm right. You just have to just say, okay. That's what it is. How many times have you been with a teacher when they're like, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you know, the thing is, you know what, sometimes you want to argue. Don't. Okay. If the teacher says it, just do it. Just sometimes, you know, we want to argue so much with people, and it's really just a source of pride that we're always trying to argue and get our way. Uh, How about when you think that everything's going good because you're the one doing it? You're doing it. You know, I, I can tell you right now, I'm seriously, I'm not a prideful person. You can see, I do what I do. I know I can't do everything. Don't ask me to run a game. I can't run a game for the life of me. If you've ever been here and you saw me run a game, you know better. You know I can't run a game. I will be the first to admit it. I will make a mess of it in an instant. Um, There's other things I can't play. I can't sing. You don't want to be by me and hear me sing. Um, There's a lot of things I can't do. But you know what's so great is we have a lot of people that will. If we're willing to share the spotlight, we're willing to let people do what they're good at, how great is it? I mean, we all walk away feeling like we did good. You know, if I was up here trying to do every part of the show, like, I'm going to do the prayer. Now I'm going to play the music. I'm going to sing the song. I'm going to run the games. It's like, it wouldn't work. You have to let people be doing what they're good at doing. And you know what? You have to try to do what you're good at and work with that. You know, you have to take, you can't take responsibility for all the good that happens. You can't think you're the only one doing everything. You know, a lot of times if you have that attitude, you're thinking pridefully and you're in the wrong position right there. How about when you become impatient as a believer? When you don't have the time to wait for something, you know, when you don't have the time to listen or to serve or be led by someone else, man, you've lost sight of what God wants for you. You have your eyes on yourself too much. If you think you can't be delayed, someone's asking you a question, you know you got to go, Do you ever stop and think that maybe this is what God wants you to do? Maybe God wants you to take a second and talk to this person? Sometimes I think we're so worried about our goals that we never stop to think that maybe God has arranged something for us. You know, something divinely that he wants us to talk to. Somebody he wants us to give a little attention to. You know, if we get up in the morning, we would actually pray that God direct us, help us, make us make good choices of time. We would do so much better, but a lot of times we think that we can control everything wrap stuff up, you know, hurry. I can't tell you how many times I've not arrived at this. You know, I get at the stoplight and and I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta go. You know, it's like, because the world's gonna stop if I don't get there. You know, I have to be there. It's pride. Why do we do that? It just becomes the world's way of of dealing with life. You know, we all become impatient. A lot of times you see your family be impatient. You mirror that same stuff. My daughter is more impatient because I've been impatient. We pick up a lot of the bad qualities in our, our parents. Not as much, I don't think we pick up the good. I think for some reason we tend to absorb the bad more so. How about when you look at people, you judge their worthiness of your time? You know what? I can go spend time with this person because they're my friend. Or I might like this person. But what if somebody else asks you to do something? Is there, are they less important because they're not your friend? because they're not as attractive or they don't have the money, they don't have the right car. If you start to think that way, you have a problem with pride. 
you already are starting to think that you have something better than another person. It's a source that you have to get rid of in your life. I want to say that this is something I thought of, and you know, every now and then, if you've been around here for six years, you know, Deb has some Debisms I just make up, and I'm like, ooh, I like that. You know, Ethan used to write them down all the time. He's like, that was a good one. That was a good one. Um, but I was thinking today when I was writing this, I thought, you know, there's no I in selflessness, but there is in selfishness. See? It's good. I, okay? So to get rid of pride, we need to first recognize it if we're getting prideful. We need to start looking at our life and say, ask ourselves. We need to examine ourselves. Am I prideful here? Stop and examine yourselves on a daily basis. You know, we're never going to make it if we don't stop and actually look at ourselves and think, good or bad, what am I doing here? A lot of times, you know what? You have to repent of it. This is biblical, people. We don't talk about repenting that much in Christian circles. We think it's an old-fashioned term. It's not. You will never be what you're supposed to be. God always says to repent, get rid of. You know, that's what John the Baptist was all about when he says, when he did, he's, you know, he was, he was the, the, the God of repentance. I mean, the, the matter of repentance, that's what it was, was a baptism to be repenting of everything that you're trying to get rid of, to prepare ourselves for what Christ was going to give us. That's what he says. His is the baptism of repentance. We're supposed to repent. That's the first and foremost thing we're supposed to do. We're supposed to change, go 180 degrees, turn the opposite way from things that we're doing in our lives that's sinful. And we have to be willing also to fight it every day to the very bitter end. It's going to be something you will never arrive at. I don't care how long you've been following God. I don't care if you're young, old, whatever. People fight pride and tooting their own horn every single time. I see it all the time in ministry. I see certain people think that what they have to say is more important than another person. I see people thinking that a certain job is more important than another job. It happens all the time. Nobody, just because they have a certain position or a certain age or whatever, they never get past the point of trying to deal with pride. It's something that they struggle to the very end with. So we need to quit tooting our own horn because ultimately, if we're tooting our own horn and it's so loud all the time, just blaring in our ears... I want you to understand, I've told you so many times that Jesus' promise is that he's coming back, right? I tell you over and over again, it's not that Jesus just died and went up to heaven and we're just here just floating around. The fact is he's coming back for his faithful followers. He's coming back. And I want you to understand, if you're tooting your own horn so loud, you're not going to hear the final trumpet. It says in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, he says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. The dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive, who are the true followers, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we'll be then with the Lord forever. If you're tuning your own horn, if pride is taking over, if it's so loud, drawn out yours, you're not even going to know when he comes back. You're not even going to hear that trumpet. You have to get rid of pride. You have to start working on your life because you know what? You'll never be any good for God's kingdom at all if you don't do it. You have to get rid of the things that are going to stunt your growth in God because you're never going to continue on. You'll never be the servant of God that he wanted you to be. You're never going to be in charge of anything. He'll forever keep taking. You know that song, She'll Be Coming Around the Mountain? I'm going to tell you, you're going to keep going around that mountain and you're never going to get anywhere. You're just going to keep traveling that same path you're going to turn up here and say, okay, now I'm ready to do something. You don't get rid of pride. You're going to come back and you're going to be in the same spot over and over and over again. You'll never move forward. You'll never climb up. You're just going to stay in that one single bend. You've got to get rid of pride in your life. 
And you know, it sounds so crazy. You're thinking, I am what, 12, 13, 15, 16. Who cares? I'm not prideful. This is when it starts. I told you this is when God will give you great things to do for him. We see it throughout the scriptures. And this is a lot of times when you are going to make choices that are going to completely tear you away and you're never going to end up being anything for God's kingdom if you don't get rid of it now. So let me pray for you real quick, if I could. Because I want you guys to know that you can always repent. I'm always here to pray for you. And also to explain to you, salvation is for anybody that wants it. God's word says that if you have never accepted Jesus as your Savior, that his choice, his desire is that you would do so. That you would ask for forgiveness. And basically what it says is admit that you're a sinner. Believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior. And confess your sins. And confess it to him and ask for him to come into your heart. And then, you know what? That's, that's so simple. That's it. And you can have your eternity changed. But you have to be willing to do it every day and live it. So let me pray for you. And if you need me to ever pray with you, if you want to go home and ask God that you do it on your own, I'm fine with it. However, but don't walk away with ever not thinking about salvation and what salvation means and understand that it changes our destiny from hell to eternity in heaven with our, our Jesus Christ. So, Lord, I just thank you so much for everything you've done tonight. Lord, we just thank you for our just blessing change wars and just our time that we've had here. I just thank you, Father, for everybody that worked so hard and uh, gave them themselves tonight. I pray, Jesus, that you just continue to be with us and our families. Lord, go home with us. Keep us safe. We pray, Father, that uh, anybody here, Lord, that doesn't know who you are, Lord, that they would feel something inside themselves, something that would tug their heart to you, Lord, and that you would just speak to them, whisper to that in their ear that they need to get things right with you. God, I just thank you for um, everything that you're going to do this week uh, coming, Lord. We just pray, Father, you just let us all come back, bring us back safely, and let us uh, just have a, a great time in your name and everything that we do next week, Lord. We just thank you for everything in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.